0: Amen. How is everybody? Did you have an exciting day today? Amen. I did. I did. I was sitting minding my own business about 10 o'clock this morning, and the pastor called and said, can you preach tonight? Asking a preacher if he can preach is like saying sick him to a bulldog. And uh, it, it just... It makes everything exciting. I enjoy preaching. It's a lot of fun to me. And uh, I enjoy seeing God work in people's hearts. God chose by the foolishness of preaching to confound the wise. Uh, People have asked me through years, why why do we need to go and be preached to? Because God told us to. He said, "Not to forsake the assembly that together, the saints, as a matter of some is, and so much more as you see the day approaching." And as we look in our world today, uh, the Lord's approaching. You can't, uh, you can't have any doubt about that. Turn in your Bibles with me tonight, if you will, and uh, turn to Matthew chapter twenty-eight, verses eighteen through twenty. Very familiar passages of Scripture one I've preached many messages from. I don't want to ask you a question tonight. I want to ask you, are you a disciple? You Y'all are looking at me funny. I'm asking just a simple question, and we're going to ask it throughout the night, but I want you to ask yourself, am I truly a disciple of Christ? Uh, Let's read the scripture and then I'll start preaching. Matthew twenty-eight verse eighteen. Let's stand as we read God's word. Make sure everybody's awake when I start, anyway. Amen. Especially uh, Brother Mike back there; he might go to sleep on me. Luke, if he goes to sleep, slap (laughs) him. Matthew chapter twenty-eight verse eighteen. Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, and teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Great Commission. We thank you that it's What gives us the authority to go out and tell others about you and to see souls saved and lives changed? God, we'd ask you tonight that you'd help us to answer the question, am I truly a disciple? And Lord, if we're not, we'd ask you that we'd have a bunch enrolled in discipleship tonight. That we'd see the need to draw closer to you on a daily basis. That would see the need to walk with you and talk with you. And Lord, just have fellowship with you. Lord, it's a wonderful thing to walk with you. It's a wonderful thing to know that you're right there with us with our hand in yours. And God would ask you tonight that you'd make us the disciples you want us to be. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You can be seated. The Great Commission. It's a wonderful thing. I love the Great Commission. It's what gives us the authority to do what we do. But I love the Great Decision, the, 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 the uh, verses, because they give us instruction in what really a disciple is. A disciple is a follower of, or someone who is like-minded, or someone who is, is the Bible, the, the verse, or the word literally means, A learner, a learner, someone who follows the religious teachings of a master, someone who exhibits the traits of their master. A disciple is truly a follower of Christ. I don't mean just a church member. Most people here tonight are church members, but that's not what I'm talking about. You can be a member of every church in town go to church seven times a day, uh, seven days a week, 365 days a year, and die and split hell wide open. Salvation is not based on being a church member. I was a member of a Baptist church from the time I was eight years old until I was 24 years old. But I wasn't saved. I was just a member. At one time, I'd been a good member. I'd go into church with my dad. I'd go to church, and I'd sit and listen to the preacher. I was a good boy. And I'd do everything my dad asked me to do until it came to a point that I rebelled against God and against my parents. And I left the church. Made a conscious decision that I left. Because I saw a lot of church members that were hypocrites. Now, if you say you're not a hypocrite sometime in your life, you're a liar. We've all been a hypocrite. Uh, I don't want to be a hypocrite. I don't want to say one thing and do another. But a disciple is a follower of Christ. It's, it's a person who has made a decision that God is the, their author. God is the one that writes the, the, the map and puts them where they, he wants them to be and takes them step by step through life it's something you have to have to make sure you uh, you do it the way the lord wants it, wants it to be done uh, if you're learning and you're doing what you're supposed to do uh, you should know that there's some things that you must do a learner or a disciple also must be a follower it amazes me how many people want to jump in to be the head of something if you want to want to earn you a position somewhere, start at the bottom work your way up. Earn the respect of the people around you. If you want to be a good Christian, start at the bottom work your way up. Say, what do you mean by that? Be just a born-again child of God and allow God to daily change your life. To get into the Word, to read the Word, and to love the Word, and to follow the Word, and memorize the Word, and, and have the Word in your heart Every moment of the day. The Bible says the word re- resist the devil and he'll flee from us. But you can't resist him in the flesh. You've got to resist him in the spirit. The flesh is weak. Satan's stronger than your flesh. You have to have God to fight those battles for you. So you better have him right by your side all the time. You better walk close to God if you're going to be God's child and be a disciple. A disciple is someone who's made a decision that they're going to follow Jesus regardless what the world around them does or says. I got saved back in 1972 at 309 West Lee Street in Demet, Texas, in our trailer house. Uh, it, it was, yeah, you know, I can see the, 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 the floor right now, the green shag carpet that came in the trailer it was Ugly. Oh, ugly. I've never, I, it was. My wife thought it was beautiful when we got it, but it was ugly. I can still see everything about the day I got saved, the night I got saved, all that went on that day before I got saved. And how God spoke to my heart and broke my heart, used people that I I had known, used people that I hadn't known, but he used everything he needed to to break my heart. When I got on my knees that night in my living room at 309 Wesley Street in Demmit, Texas, I got on my knees and I, got, I asked Jesus to come into my heart and save me, and he did. I asked him to forgive me for all of my sins, and he did. And he gave me the ability to forgive myself for some of the things that I had done. And I thank God for that. While I was on my knees before I ever got up that night, I told Jesus that I had lived for the devil 150%. I'd given him everything I had. And I didn't want to do any less for him. I wanted to give God all that he bought. That started a trip. Changed our lives radically. My wife and I weren't, uh, we lived about three blocks from a church, but we didn't go to the church very often. She did some. But we got saved. I got saved. We started going to church Sunday morning, Sunday night. We showed up Wednesday night. Wasn't anybody there but the one deacon and the pastor. They didn't have church services. He said that nobody ever showed up. I said, well, we will be. He said, well, if you'll be here, we'll, we'll show up and I'll preach to you. And he did. We started having Wednesday night services again at the church. Wednesday night is our midweek service like we have tonight. This is, the, this is one of the best times with the church family. This is time you draw close to your to your, your your fellow believers that God's put you in the body with, and, and you can understand the needs of the church, and you can pray for each other, and you can see God answer prayer in people's lives, and see souls saved, and see uh, health restored, and see all kinds of things that can increase your faith. But only if you're willing to change. Uh, the Great Commission. This is it going the way I started. But the Great Commission is a wonderful thing in, in your life. It tells you to go, uh, and, and it tells you that, that all the things you're supposed to do. But I want to ask you tonight, who do you think the message is to tonight? Do you think the message that I'm preaching on discipleship is one for somebody else, or is it for you? We have a good discipleship plan. We really do. I really enjoy our discipleship plan. the The, the soul-winning tool that we have the uh, the little booklet is is a wonderful soul-winning tool. And you can take that booklet and you can do a Bible study with people, and you can see them say, it. and then you can be their discipler. You see, that's what God intended. If you read the the. The, the Matthew 28:19, he says, "Go ye therefore and, to, and teach all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost." And then verse 20, he says, "Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you." And lo, I am with you always, even in the world. God said, "If you're saved, you, you, you come to uh, know Christ as your Savior." He's he's speaking here to his his uh, disciples, and it's not long before he's going to be taken up from them. He's given them this instruction for them to do after he's gone, when he's physically no longer with them. That's when he wants them to do these, to, to go out and teach other nations, to teach other people, to teach the people around them. Now, you know, we, we use missions as a excuse not to go soul winning. Well, I give to the missionaries, and they go soul winning. That didn't relieve you of the the responsibility that God gave you. You know, it's it's a sad thing. I haven't read the statistics in a number of years. But 10 years ago, 10% of Baptists in their lifetime had led one person or more to the Lord. 90% had never even tried to lead someone to Christ. I'm talking about people who went to independent, fundamental Bible-believing, Baptist churches, that had the Word of God preached to them every Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, had revival services, had everything in the world, but yet they still did nothing. We've become such a selfish society that we don't think we have time for anyone but ourselves. Y'all are looking at me funny like I'm, you thought I was going to tell jokes and have fun. I will, but it'll be after I get going. I got to keep my eye on that clock, because he told me I had to be through at 7.30. So stop the clock here for a few minutes. <laughs> we'll start it back. But discipleship is something that, that uh, is a wonderful thing, and it helps you to grow closer to each other. It helps you to become, have a have a tie to someone that you can physically call and talk to, that you trust, that is, it loves you and you know loves you and prays for you and does everything they can to help you, and you can have an influence on their life and the way they walk with God. Did you know that people are watching each one of us? Doesn't matter if you're the pastor or if you're... Uh, back on the back row with Brother Rubell. Doesn't matter. God's watching. Somebody's watching every one of us. You kids that go to school, somebody's watching you. And your testimony means something. You got saved. You're a child of God. You're born again by the Spirit of God. God wants you to become a disciple. A disciple is a person who follows Jesus regardless of what the cost is. To most people, when God saves them, He leaves them right where they're at, serving the Lord daily in their in their home and doing right. To some few, God may call you to preach. I've had people tell me I can't I can't I can't become a disciple because I can't preach. I couldn't preach when I got called to preach. I could stand up in front of people and let my legs shake. That's about all I could do. But God will teach you all those things you need. A disciple is one that learns of his master. If your master is Jesus Christ, you'll be able to learn what he's like and how to walk with him. It amazes me that parents today steer their kids in the direction of this, this uh, uh, job field or that one. They want to be a doctor, or a lawyer, nurse, whatever it is you want to be. And they don't even ask them to pray about it. God's a job for you on earth. If you're going to be a disciple of God, you have to do what God wants you to do. You have to be saved, first of all then you have to be willing to follow instruction. You know what that means? That means you must be told what to do. When the Bible says something's wrong and you have it in your life, the Word of God is true, and you're wrong, and you've got to confess sin. You've got to change your life. See, God wants you to walk according to His Word, not His Word be changed to walk the way you want it to go. But disciples are, are people who have, have someone who buy, abides in, G, in the words of Christ, lives in the Bible, loves the Bible. I, when I first got saved, Brother George Hudson was a deacon in our church. He was a little short, bald-headed guy, and uh, I'm trying to emulate him, I guess. But uh, he, he, he said that God told him when I got saved that he had to get me in the Bible. And he used to call me every day and ask me if I read my Bible. And if I hadn't, he'd come read it to me. I remember one night I was working at a green elevator. I was working 24 hours a day and had been at work for only how many days. And I came home and I was tired. I was going to bed and George called. The day before, he called me and he came to the elevator and read the Bible to me. That day I was still working. I mean, was at home. Brother George came over to the house, knocked on the door, came in, sat down beside me, read, my Bible, read his Bible to me, made me tell him what it was he was saying. So that's kind of presumptive of him, it was. But he had a job to do that God gave him to do. It didn't matter who had hair he was going to do it. He got me in the Bible. I decided that night that if I didn't read my Bible, it didn't matter where I was at, Brother George was going to come read it to me. And if he were to come now, it'd really scare me because he's been dead about 20 years. But but the Word of God has to saturate your mind. You young people, memorize the Bible. Hide it in your heart. That's what gives you the steps to take and and the direction to go in your life. You'll never be a disciple of Christ if you're not reading His Word. You can't follow what you're not reading. I used to be able to read maps. so the reason I got in a lot of trouble in the army, because I could, I could read maps. I could read the, 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 uh, uh, out, the latitude, longitude, all that stuff, and, and point where I was at. So it got me in a lot of trouble. But I could read a map. But you know, you can have the best map in the world. If you don't go where it says to go, you're not going to get there. If you go out here and you get on Highway 1 and you head to the east you're not ever going to get to Texas. This won't happen. You're on the wrong road, going the wrong way, away from where you're supposed to be. That's where far too many Christians are today in their lives. They're a long ways from where they should be because they've gone the wrong way for a long ways. You should pray about everything you do. You young people, especially you younger, boys that are in school, you need to learn to pray about everything you do. Learn to pray about what clothes you're going to wear. Learn to pray about what food you're going to eat. Learn to pray about everything that you do in life. If you'll learn at your age and keep at it, life will be a whole lot easier for you when you get to be Marshall's age. You're getting old. (laughs) But you're not going to be where you're supposed to be if you don't get on the right road, wherever you're at today. Doesn't matter how old you are. If you're not on the right road and you're going down the road, doesn't matter who thinks it's a good road. If it's not the road God wants you to be on, friend, you're headed for trouble. You don't have God's protection. You don't have God's provision. You don't have anything if you're not following what God wants you to do and going the direction that He wants you to do. We need to abide in God's Word. John eight thirty one says, Then Jesus said to those Jews which believed on Him, If you continue in my Word, then you are my disciples indeed. I wish there was a meter that we could put on everybody's head and tell how much Bible they read today. And we could just go and stick it on your head and tell. There's not really a meter you can tell, but you can tell after a while. But sometimes it's too late when you finally find out. You need to learn to love God's Word. To love what it does to teach you where to go. Say, but if I read God's Word, it tells me to do things that I don't want to do. If you're right with God, you'll want to do them. God does not lead anyone where he doesn't want him to go, and where he doesn't want him to be, but you need to make sure you're praying about what God has for you, where He wants you to be. You young people that are in school, in higher grades, pray about what God wants you to do with your life. Where do you want God to? Uh, how, how much influence you want God to have in your life? Not sports, not academics but God. You can be the smartest man on earth, but if you don't have God, you're a loser. Doesn't matter. You can be the most successful businessman in town. You can beat Donald Trump. And if you don't have Jesus, you don't have anything. You're broke. You know how much of his money he's going to take with him? None. When you die, it's gone. But we need to be to be disciples, we need to be in the Word of God daily. We need to. Everybody ought to have three relationships with the Word of God. You ought, to, you ought to read the Word of God to cleanse your mind. You know, the Bible tells us His Word we hid in our hearts that we might not sin against God. Psalms 119 gives you some great instruction on what you're supposed to do with the Bible. You're supposed to apply it to your life. You're supposed to... Uh, to use the verses that he gives you to guide your life. God will not lead a child of God to go contrary to the word of God. If, you, if, you, if you're trying to go a direction, you've made a decision to do something, and it's against God's word, guess who's wrong? And you don't really, the thing is, with you young people especially, you can just float along with the crowd graduate from high school, go to college, get a degree, get a job, be working at a job, be successful, have money, have, have means, have anything that you want. But if your heart is empty and dull and dead because you've walked away from God, you don't have anything. When you lay your head on a pillow at night, you don't have any anything to be proud of, anything to think about. Because God's Word has not guided your steps. The Bible says the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. He orders the steps of a righteous man. Say, well, how do you know what step to take? God will show you. When you get in God's Word, God will show you how to take the next step in your life. To some, that first step may be getting saved if you're just a church member, if you're just a member of the body that, that comes to, to, to sit in a building, if you've never been brought to the cross, if you've never uh, accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and ask Him to come into your heart, and save your soul, and take you to heaven when you die. If you've never done that, that's the first step. You ask Jesus into your heart. Jesus will save you. And He'll start directing your path. Every day you can walk with him, you can talk with him, you can spend time with him, you can fellowship with his word, and let his word instruct you, and saturate your heart and your mind. If you don't allow God to get a hold of your heart with the Word of God, when you first get saved, it's hard to ever get that down for anybody any time later. You take a baby; if you don't feed him right when they're first born. They have trouble eating later. You know, you can't take a baby home from the hospital and feed him enchiladas. Don't work. You can, but you'll be up all night and at the hospital. But that's, you can't do that. You've got to feed them the, what, the word, the, 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 the milk of the word. And then, then when they're ready for meat, give them meat. That's the way we are with Christians. Christians, when you first get saved, you need to read the simpler places in the Bible. You need to read the Gospel of John more than anything else. The Gospel of John will, will, will feed you the milk of the Word. Now, it's also got meat in it. It's also got heavy, uh, some heavy truths in it. But it has the milk of the Word that will keep you going. When I lead someone to Christ, I, t- I tell them I want them to read the Gospel of John five times before they read anything else in the Bible. Say, why is that? Because on every page it says you have everlasting life, eternal life, shall not perish, shall not come in condemnation, your past from death into life. It gives them a promise on every page that they can put into their heart and their mind and know for sure, beyond any doubt, that they're on their way to heaven and that God will direct their steps. They get that down, then you start feeding them more meat. You start sitting down with them and discipling them and spending time with them. You know, you have to invest time in people. To, to make disciples. If you don't, aren't willing to sacrifice your time, you can't be a disciple maker. You have to spend time with people. You have to spend time loving people, letting them love you. You have to spend time teaching people and letting them ask questions that you don't know the answer for, but you've got to find. It's not, there's no crime in not knowing the answer when somebody asks you a question but just make sure they know that the book that you have in your hand or the, or the Bible that you carry is, is, has the answer, and you'll find it and get back to them. God's Word is a wonderful tool for us to use to disciple people. But we can't disciple them unless they're saved. We can't disciple them unless you're feeding yourself daily on the Word of God. You need to, you need to have a time when you read the Bible need to have a time when you memorize the Bible. Now, word of they hid in my heart that it might not sin against thee? Hide it in your heart. You ought to be memorizing Scripture. Young people ought to memorize 10, 20 verses a week. Because when you get old like me, you can't do that. Five is about, about top. But keep memorizing new Scripture. And go back and redo things that you've forgotten. But hide the Word of God in your heart if you want to be a disciple. If you want to be a follower of Christ, you can't follow Him unless you know His Word. You can't be what you ought to be unless you're in the Word of God. Unless you're actually hiding it in your heart and studying it. And that's the third time the relationship you have with the Bible is that time when you study God's Word. Studying God's Word is different than reading. Studying God's Word is... It's like sitting down at the banquet table and picking one particular dish and just devouring it, loving it, feeding on it, and letting it just make changes in your life. The Word of God is is a wonderful, loving letter from the Father that loves you. And if you'll read his instruction, it'll keep you going through life. But I better go on. I've not got to where I want to get, and I've got two minutes left. Another thing, uh, how do you recognize disciples this is where I wanted to get to, but I not got there yet. How do you recognize somebody that's a disciple? Well, one, they will be a student of God's Word. And number two, there'll be a, a, someone who loves the brethren. They'll be interested in other people's lives. They'll do everything they can to help people learn. They'll teach them the Word of God. They'll pray for them. They'll pray with them. They'll help them to learn to uh, to walk with God on a personal best basis. And another thing about it, that you'll know, notice about a disciple: a disciple is one who bears much fruit. How's your fruit bearing? How long has it been since you told somebody about Jesus? How long has it been since you witnessed to somebody and led somebody to Christ that they might have a home in heaven? How long has it been? For far too many people, it's it's been years, months, weeks, Now you don't go, every time you go sowing, in, you're not going to see somebody saved. Sometimes, you know, all you're doing is planting the Word. Some plant, some sow, some reap, some water. If you keep going long enough, you'll reap what somebody else sowed, or what you sowed before. I'm a farm boy. You don't go out and plant wheat, come back the next day and harvest it. You plant wheat in September, you harvest it in May. It takes a little time. Doesn't matter what you're raising, you have to give it time. If you're giving somebody the gospel for the first time they've ever heard it, they don't even know what the word who the word who God is or what the word of God is is all about, don't expect them to just drop to their knees and trust Christ. Now you may talk them into dropping to their knees and pray it. That's, I think, where we've let a lot of people wrong. You never coerce anyone to to pray. You ask them to pray, but you always give them an opportunity to back out. Say, so why why would you give them an opportunity to back out? That's not drawing the net very tight. Give them an opportunity to back out because you don't want to have any of your converts. You want the Lord's converts. When God converts, they're not going to back out. When God's working in their heart and they, uh, the conviction of the Holy Spirit is there, they're not going to back out. They're going to be saved. It's a wonderful thing to be used of God. I'm one minute over. I think I'm going to get whipping. Uh, disciples are ones who love the brethren. It bears much fruit. There's one more point, but I'm not going to get to it. Are you a disciple tonight? I don't mean are you a member of Metro Baptist Church. I mean are you a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ? Can others see Jesus in you? If you're his disciple, you'll be like him. You'll follow him. You'll obey his word. And you'll have his will in your life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the day and the blessings of the day. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to be here in your house tonight and for the preach. God, tonight, I'd ask you that you'd enroll some disciple makers, some disciples, some that would be decide to finally be discipled and become what you want them to be. God, I'd ask you that you'd give us a love for your word, that we'd saturate our minds with it, we'd read it, we'd we'd, uh, memorize it, we'd study it. And God, that we'd just have time with you every single day. God, I'd ask you tonight that you'd have your will and your way in every person's life that's here. God, I'd ask you that you'd help us all to walk closer with you tomorrow than we did today. Lord, help us to be disciples. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Piana's is going to play one verse of invitation to this. Stay seated. If God spoke to your heart, you let God do business in your heart. If you need to talk to somebody about anything, you come, I'll be glad to talk to you. If you're not sure you're saved, you come. We'll show you from the Bible how you can know for sure that you're saved. You can know without any doubt that if you died, you'd go to heaven. Would you like to be saved? Would you like to know that? If you would, if you'll come, I'll take you by the hand. I won't won't embarrass you. I'll just let somebody take the Bible and show you from the Bible how you can know for sure beyond any doubt that you're saved. Not hope and not wish, but know it. If you'll come, he'll save you. Christians, let me ask you a question. You're saved. Are you his disciple? Are you his follower? Are you doing what God wants with your life? Are you headed in the direction he wants you to go? Or have you even asked him where he wants you to go? God wants to direct your steps and make you his disciple if you'll allow him to. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the day and the blessings of the day. We thank you for the opportunity to be in your house tonight. Lord, we'd ask you to bless as we go our separate ways. Bring us all back to the next appointed time. God, we'd ask you that you'd meet every need that's here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Be in prayer for Brother Salazar. His health is really, uh, since he got sick last year, he just hasn't rebounded. And he's still feeling pretty rough. and so really pray for him i I really think this meeting is going to be as much to help him get his strength back as it is for him to strengthen us and so you be sure to to be here you know, it, it's just two nights everybody can be here two nights now if it was some rock star that that was up here performing thousands of people try to get up here and we wouldn't let them because all we do is witness to Him. <laughs> but be sure that you, uh, you, you greet each other and be friendly to, to, to your friends and neighbors. We love you. You're dismissed.